Brighter Media Group original. I would say mindset will let me go like a year or two, but I don't think past, like I just turned 39 on Monday. I don't think past 40. Welcome to Long Story Short, a podcast about living an intentional life. I'm David Paul. Stage 4 cancer changes the way you think about life. And during the summer of 2021, Nikki Healy's perspective got shifted. Hello. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Is this, uh, is this time okay? Yep. All right. Great. How are you feeling? Uh, okay. <laughs> not, not, not like horrible, not fabulous. June 24th, 2021. Nikki and I have reached the midway point of our year-long conversation. We started with me asking, why aren't you feeling great? Chemo knocks me down, gives me, you know, some side effects that come and go for 10 days. And then um, I haven't been sleeping well, so oh. <laughs> I'm kind of tired. <laughs> so what, when, when was your last uh, chemo? Friday the 18th. Which was six days before this conversation. Quick recap, Nikki and her family spent three months, January through March, in Arizona so Nikki could get very targeted treatment. It was an alternative approach to fighting cancer, and before Nikki started, she was very hopeful she would return home to Maryland cancer-free. Well, that's not what happened. I'm going to go down there and come back cancer-free, and this is all going to be over, and this is so great. And it is, it was so great, but after the May 3rd PET scan that showed, like, things were still barely alive, but they were still alive, and, like, they weren't, like, I still had the same number of tumors, I I think I was just kind of crushed, kind of like, oh my gosh, like, is the, are the, these are, like, never going away, unless God does a miracle, which, obviously, we still pray and hope that that's the case, but I may be living with these, you know, monitoring these tumors for the rest of my life. And for many people with stage four cancer, this is their reality. Nikki is starting to understand what this means regarding her doctors. They're still going to make me do stuff. So it's not like, it's not like it's over, you know what I mean? Um, so, and I've already told Steve, I said, if they tell me they want me to do chemo at home, I've already decided that I will agree to once a month, but I'm not doing it every two weeks. And um, I'm just not because it, it sets me back like a good week and a half. It, you know, makes me feel horrible and I'm not, I'm not going to live like that anymore. (laughs) So how did he respond when you said that? He just kind of looks at me and goes, well, we'll see what they say. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we were having this conversation during Nikki's favorite time of year. Summer's my favorite time. So, Mm seeing people out and about even just like driving past the neighborhood pool when I'm like, I would like to be at the pool. Um, and just not being able to do that. I think, yeah, the reality of it is like, Oh my gosh, this is like how much more treatment can I put up with? And if that's the case, how long does that last? And like, like, am I on a timeline, you know? Which led to the question, how is Nikki processing that timeline? And does she think about the future, her future? I would say mindset will let me go like a year or two, but 
I don't think past, like I just turned 39 on Monday. I don't think past 40 at this point. Cause I'm like, okay, well, what will this year entail? Um, which is probably bad. Cause I think I've read so many books on like, you have to have a five year, 10 year mindset. And those people live longer and do better. And, um, I, I struggle with the future because part of me is like, how much, how much time am I going to steal from my family by being sick? And, and ultimately if I'm going to die, like at 45, like, isn't it better for me to just leave now and then they can move on with their life, which mm-hmm. is the really dark thought. And, and then the other part of me is like, no, no, they want you around. Don't think like that. That's you know a lie from the enemy. They want you here as long as you can be here. So, you know, like you, you're going to, you're going to be able to see Bailey graduate and like all of that. I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm, more than like a year or two. Nikki says this shifting perspective is not something her husband Steve likes. Steve has been saying to me, your tone is changing, you're acting defeated, I don't like how you're talking. And so I am at first I was like, well, oh well, that's just how it is. And then and then I was like, okay, well maybe I shouldn't be talking or thinking like this. Maybe I should shift to a more positive mindset again. And so it's like trying, I think I'm trying to go back to um, a more hopeful, like try, like uh, trying to get my hopefulness and joyfulness back, if that makes sense. As you're listening to this, I wonder if you're having the same reaction I did when I talked with Nikki on this late June afternoon. So Nikki, as I'm listening to you, we've been talking for 25 minutes and uh you sound very casual about all this. <laughs> Is that how you feel? There are definitely times where <clears throat> I'm angry and upset about it. Um, but I, I guess deep down, like my probably why it is casual might probably like, you know, deep down, I, I, I really think like um, I cannot add or take away any days to my life. None of us are getting out of this alive. We're all going to die at some point. And so I've just been forced to have the conversation way earlier, even if the conversation is just with myself than most people. And so um, I'm not, I'm not afraid of any of that. Uh, I'm not afraid to, you know, die or talk about it or, um, or, I mean, it just, it, it's like, I don't know. It's just the facts. Like it, it, it just is what it is. So it's kind of like being upset about it doesn't change any of it, but it's, I, I honestly think like that the future part doesn't upset me. The more like day to day stuff of like, how come I can't go to a pool today? That will make me cry, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds so superficial, but I don't know if that's just the emotions coming out in the pra- you know, in the like practical versus I haven't gotten there yet. So I don't, you know, like, I don't need the grace for for the future yet. I, I'm not there yet. Nikki and I talked for about 40 minutes. As you just heard, she is very comfortable talking about death, even her death. But when I ask about how she's inspiring others and whether she feels the weight of that, I think Nikki got a little uncomfortable. Every time someone texts me and says, you're such an inspiration, I say, I'm literally doing the same thing you would do, which is trying to save your life, you know? or like add more days to your life, which then I, then I have like internal dialogue, like, can I even add more days? Like, like, what do I think I am God or something? Um, so I, I don't, I mean, the inspiration part, I don't, 
you know, I, I just kind of like brush over. I don't really like dwell on that because I don't, I don't even know how I would even process that. Um, it feels overwhelming just to like be like, wait, what? Um, but yeah, like, and it's just weird. I don't, it's so weird. I don't even like, I went to, I went to a couple of church services and a women's meeting and people, it's like a receiving line. Like people come up and want to hug you and touch you. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just tell my kids, I'm like, I'm just cancer famous, which is like, they're like, do they even know the real you? Would they even like the real you or do they just like the fact that they're that you're allowing them into this process mm. and they get to watch, you know, this whole thing? Is God's grace truly sufficient even in the middle of life's hardest challenges like cancer? That's the question we've been exploring during season three of Long Story Short. That verse, by the way, is found in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and is followed by God's declaration that His power is made perfect in our weakness. And in this case, God says to Paul, I'm going to give you the strength to endure this. I'm going to give you the strength to hold up under this. And that strength is not something you have in and of yourself, and it's not something you deserve, but I'm going to give it to you so that you can display in your life, my goodness. Pastor Jason Van Bemmel of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church is helping us to more fully understand the context and meaning of 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Just before this verse, Paul pleads with God three times to remove what he calls a thorn in the flesh, something that is causing Paul great suffering. God's answer to Paul, My grace is sufficient, my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul's response is to lean into his weakness, even saying, I delight in my weaknesses. We thank God for our limitations, and we rest in his good and gracious sovereign providence over our lives, even when that means we can't get out of bed because we're so weak, or we can't fix a problem that someone we love has and we're watching them helpless and that feeling of helplessness is something that we say thank you lord that i am helpless because you are my help for when i am weak then i am strong i truly believe that as we grow in that we will learn what Paul meant when he said, for me to live is Christ. Um, Because we will really be depending upon Christ for all of the good that is being done in our lives. We'll be thanking him for the good that we see, that we are easily able to do. We think we're doing it on our own, but we'll thank him for it because we'll realize it comes from him. And then when we come to the end of ourselves and we just can't do it, We will leave it at his feet and we will be content. We will be ready to accept it with gratitude. I've known Nikki Healy since she was a little girl. Her family and ours attended the same church for more than a decade. Even so, I'm not sure I ever had a conversation with Nikki unless she was in a Sunday school class I taught, but I can't remember. 
1997, our family moved and started attending a different church. Three years later, a small group from the church we had attended with Nikki's family planted a new church called Lighthouse. Over the years, Ava and I remained connected to some of those people through Facebook. It was there I learned about Nikki's initial cancer diagnosis in October 2019 and then saw a special prayer service for her a year later. Check, check, check. Want to come on in and take your seat? We're going to go ahead and get started. So good to have you here with us tonight. And um, as we get started this evening, I just want to say welcome. We've gathered here tonight under one unified thought, and that is is that we want to pursue Jesus on behalf of our sister, Nikki Healy. Amen. stage. Uncle Paul is going to call him up. Yeah. Um, Thank you, everybody, for coming and for everybody online. I know there's so many of you because you've all texted me. Um, I feel like you already know the story since you're already here, but just in case, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Um, I had digestive issues for five years and been sent from doctor to doctor to doctor. And then last October, finally, um, basically on my deathbed, really, because I now that I know that's what it was, um, got a colonoscopy, um, stage three rectal cancer, and um, they told me, here's the plan. It takes a year. At the end of the year, you're going to be fine. Um, and then in September, September 15th, thought we were done. We're like, sweet. Um, but the end of October, I got a... Um, my blood work back for just was supposed to be the um, like end of the, you know, meet with your oncologist, you're done. And my um, tumor marker numbers were up and I had to call them and ask them. And so I immediately called the doctor that I knew that would answer the phone and told him, hey, something's up. And he was like, no, no, there's no way your cancer's back by now. It's way too early. And I was like, if you don't order a CT scan right now, I'm going to come through this phone. And uh, so he ordered the CT scan and um, next morning called and said, I'm so sorry. You have three spots on your liver and 10 spots in your lungs. Um, And so that was like, I didn't think um, I knew something was up, but I just I didn't really think that was up. Um, So that was a blow. Um, I just kind of sat on my floor and in shock. Steve was in shock. Um, I, Anne was taking me to go vote. So I just jumped in the car. I'm like, gotta go vote, you know? So we went and voted and then came home. As I watched this service online, I was moved by Nikki's strength, really God's strength in Nikki and how open she was about her cancer and how she was dealing with it. Shortly after, I reached out to a mutual friend to see if Nikki might be interested in documenting a full year of cancer treatment and the impact it would have. She agreed, and we would have our first conversation on November 29th, 2020. <laughs> like I said, I, I don't really know what I would say that would be helpful, but sure. We are now six months in. In addition to our phone calls, I'm also following her updates on social media, and a few months earlier, Nikki added me into a group that she sends text updates to. Sometimes these texts have good news, like CEA numbers are down or tumors are shrinking. Sometimes these texts have not-so-good news, like the one she sent on July 26, 2021. Just got the results. 
Liver was a little less active, lungs a little bit more active, so basically the same. The most upsetting part is a possible new spot on my rectum. It says it could be just inflammation, and there was no measurement of a spot, so I'm not sure how we find out what it is. New spots in my butt are literally my worst nightmare. I am so, so, so disappointed. I feel so defeated, like nothing we are doing is working, not meds, not chemo, or prayers. I know God is with us. It's just really hard sometimes. Thanks for praying. Nikki and I have our next conversation three days later. Hello. Hi, Nikki. Hi, David. How are you? Obviously, I wanted to get more information about this new spot and what that meant, but I also wanted to know about the vacation she and her family took to Mexico. It was an unexpected invitation from another family, and I know getting to the beach was something Nikki had really been looking forward to. Well, it was like, who's sick today? It started with Ryan, who's my 14-year-old, and then every day it was like, whose kid has it now? And it was pretty much all week somebody had it, and then um, the only two adults that got it, praise Jesus, it wasn't me, but I was very, I mean, it was his mercy, and I was very careful about what I ate. I pretty much only ate, you know, like carbohydrates. I didn't even touch the salad. Um, but two adults got it and Steve was hard down even three days when we were home. At least Nikki didn't spend much of her vacation thinking about the PET scan she would do soon after they returned. My last PET scan was in May and nothing really lit up. So I wasn't really concerned about it, but I will say once you get back, you know, from vacation, it's like reality hits you and it hits you in these like ocean waves of just like, here's what your real life is. Here's what tomorrow is. Oh my gosh, here's your scan anxiety. They call it scan anxiety, you know, scan anxiety. The scan was scheduled for Monday, July 26th. Since I've never had a PET scan, I asked her to explain what's involved. You can't eat anything four hours before the scan. And there are also some food restrictions the day before. And once you get there... you got to sit in your own quarantine room. They check your blood sugar because if it's too high, I guess they can't do it because they're shooting you up with um, radioactive glucose. And then you get an IV of radioactive glucose based on your weight amount. You, they turn the lights down and you have to sit basically perfectly still and quiet in a room by yourself. No phone, no book, no nothing, which is just your thoughts for an hour. And they let that stuff circulate. And then after the hour, they take you back in the scan room. You lay hands above your head. It takes about half an hour, 45 minutes. And um, the PET scan is eerily quiet. Like, I don't know if you've ever had an MRI. It's very loud, lots of banging. Um, but a PET scan is like no noise at all. And they just kind of slowly, they start at your, your kneecaps and then they slowly like slide you forward through the tube until, you know, all your head is done. They're like, okay, you're done. You should have the results in like 24 hours. And you're like, okay. <laughs> this time they didn't have to wait that long. I think it was like that afternoon, maybe two or three ish. We got it. Since And Steve, look, I told him, I said, I want you to look at it first. I don't want to look at it. And he looked at it, called me. And he's like, I have your results. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's a mixed bag. And I was like, oh, great. What does that mean? Mixed bag. First, the sort of good news. The metabolic activity of my liver tumors was a little bit less than last time. The metabolic activity of I don't think it was all lung spots, but maybe just like one or two of the lung spots was a tiny bit more than last time. And then the not good news. It says that there's a 
uh, a spot lighting up in my rectum, which is really basically my colon. I don't really have a rectum anymore. And it said on the report, possible inflammation should be checked out. It didn't say cancer. It didn't didn't measure a mass, but it it was a it's a new spot, and that was extremely devastating. Why so? Ever since the the initial surgery, I've had a fear of um, it coming back in my rectum and ending up with an ileostomy bag for the rest of my life. And so, anything in that area, it was a, it's a very traumatic. Um, spot to get cancer from the get-go i mean you're just being poked and prodded there constantly it's very humiliating so to have it be there again was just like i just wanted to lay on the floor and kick and scream and be like not there anywhere but you know as i was getting to know nikki during our phone calls i continually saw god's strength in her the strength i saw during that first prayer service but another thing about nikki she doesn't do fake If she's struggling, she would let me know. And after this PET scan, Nikki was struggling. Um, I don't know. I just, I I was just really, I'm so, I was really upset. I was so, I was super upset, especially Tuesday. Um, I could not stop crying. I was just like on and off trying to suck it up. And... And it's just all, like, I think I've talked to you many times how I really believe, like, I cannot heal myself. I know that God is going to be the one that heals me, you know, if he chooses to do so. But nevertheless, I've started to notice I've gotten to the point, and I think it's probably inevitable, but this makes it even more so of why, why is this not working? What am I missing? You know, like, I went to the elders um, of our church to get anointed with oil and prayed for before our vacation. And I, I mean, this is this is the manicness that goes on in your mind. I'm like, maybe maybe something's wrong with them. Maybe I need to go to a different church and get prayed for by different people that are more spiritual. And maybe and like, well, maybe I haven't repented of something that like I did in the past. And even though I've you know I've gone to that 18 times. Someone sent me a a video of this like some mushroom tincture like maybe maybe this mushroom thing will work and then maybe if i get in the sauna enough and maybe if i and it's it is just this constant maybe if i what if and why isn't it and you drive yourself bonkers um and and i know i i don't want to be mad at god and i know god god's not doing this to me yet you're like are you even listening like you know, and I and then I started to be like, I feel so bad for Everett. Like he's only nine, and my girls, I had them when I was younger, and Steve was going on time, and we they had a great child. Like I took them to all these places, and we went to Disney World, and we, we they had me and quality time. And I'm like, well, he's known as like sick mom, and I'm gonna die, and I should probably start like writing journals of, you know, make sure you don't put your bathing suit in the dryer and. And when you're when you're baking, make sure you measure, you know, like stupid, like that's, it's just insanity. And then, and then you can't stop crying. Two weeks later, Nikki had surgery to remove the spot. 
Sadly, it was confirmed to be cancer. At the end of August, Nikki went on Instagram with an update. Hello to all my friends out there on the social media world. I'm trying something new today. I'm trying a video. Um, my teenager is going to help me do IGTV. First, I want to say thank you to everyone who's reached out over the last month and um, sent text messages, sent um, DMs and Facebook messages and cards and dropped things off at our house. Um, you guys are so awesome. It's been a really super hard month for me. Um, it started with the PET scan. When the PET scan results came back that there was a lighting up of a new spot in my um, rectum colon area. I did get those spot, two spots cut out about two and a half, three weeks ago. I'm about to head back out to Arizona for four weeks. That is also super devastating to me because um, I have to leave behind my kids and my family and my dog. And, the you know, I just don't know how much more my body can handle. I was going to show you guys this. This is this is where my hair is at. Can you see? Um, it's just basically... I was sitting in front of a window, so it's wisps now. You know, I believe 100% that God does miracles, and I believe 100% that God um, can heal me. I think my issue is I'm so like, specific prayer points. Um, you could be praying that my immune system starts working, praying for my anxiety, praying that all of these treatments um, are effective, that my gut it is remain calm and does not freak out and that everybody at home I know they're going to be just fine um but it's really like more of the mom the mom like I want to be there those are the prayer points I wanted to leave a pretty raw video um today is not a crying day <laughs> thankfully for you guys because literally every single day I've been sobbing my face off um those are my prayer points those are details I love you guys and thanks for watching Stay tuned for a preview of our next episode. Long Story Short is a production of Brighter Media Group. John Lawhon is the executive producer. Special thanks to Todd Gaddy, Aaron Branham, Caroline Burke, and Laura Ahn. We still have two more episodes in Season 3. Next time we're going to hear the story of Rachel Janice, another young woman who, like Nikki, decided to be very open and public with her cancer fight. You'll hear from Rachel's husband, Brandon, about a remarkable 39 days when they both experienced an outpouring of God's grace and the impact that had on so many people. So you asked me, did I ever regret not getting more time? Absolutely not. I got to be there the entire time. I had a front row seat to watch people be ministered to, to watch lives change for 39 nights. That's episode nine. And then, in episode 10, we wrap up our year-long conversations with Nikki as she regains her bearings following a very hard summer. If you don't want to miss either of these episodes, subscribe or follow to Long Story Short where you get your favorite podcasts. Also, would you be so kind to leave a rating and review of Long Story Short? That helps others decide whether to invest time listening. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Let's connect again next week.